Hi, this is John Holt, and welcome to episode number two of the Secret Life Hacks of Magic podcast. Life lessons learned while doing card tricks to very drunk people. Today's show is sponsored by Absolutely Nobody, which is a fine decision by the people at Absolutely Nobody. Uh, So let's move on. This is episode number two. This is talking about failure is not an option. The truth is that everybody fails, everyone. No matter who your hero is in life, they failed at some point. They might be the best in the world now, but there was a time when they weren't. There was a time, believe it or not, when they were just average. There was a time when they flat out sucked at the thing that they do. In fact, there was even a time, if you think about it, that that person you love was the worst person in the world at doing that thing that they do. There was a time Tiger Woods didn't know one end of a golf club from another. If he'd have given Mozart a piano at one point in his life, he probably would have chewed the leg off and then dribbled on it a bit. There was even a time when Katie Price wasn't in a magazine somewhere. So, failure is apparently a necessary step for greatness. It's not an option. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, apparently. So if it's necessary, and everybody does it, why does it cause us so much fear? Why do our stomachs do somersaults and our intestines gurgle when we're faced with doing something that we might just plain suck at? For me, I think it's tied to self-worth. Your image of yourself is, is kind of like the multiplier that adds the pressure to a situation or an event. Now, I know very little about football, but let's use that as an example. If you don't care about football, you don't want to be a footballer, you never wanted to be a footballer, and you don't care if you ever play football again, you're not likely to feel the pressure of taking a penalty in a friendly game with some friends. If you take a run-up and scuff the ball so it kind of just dribbles along to the goalkeeper, you'll get a little bit of ribbing about that, but you'll be okay with that. It won't cause you to run away crying. But on the other hand, if you're a 16-year-old lad and you've always dreamed of playing for a big team like Manchester Rovers, if you've dreamed for playing, uh, playing for them for as long as you can remember and you've always dreamed about scoring a penalty in an FA Cup final, being a sensational footballer, being the best in the world, there's a lot more riding on this friendly penalty and you're going to feel it. You're going to feel nervous. After all, all of your friends and family know that you're a footballer and want to be a footballer, so they'll be watching closely. Every single eye will be on you, and you'll feel every single one of them. A scuff kick could shatter your dreams. So, it's not the task that causes the fear, it's the power we give it. And for me, this is why when people say, oh, you should just rename failure as results or feedback never really worked for me. It didn't change the fact that I wouldn't be as good in reality as I kind of built myself up to be in my mind. I've never missed a penalty in an FA Cup final in front of 100,000 baying fans, but I imagine if I did, a teammate coming up to me and saying, hey, don't think of it as a mistake, it's just feedback. I don't think that would help very much. Personally, getting away from the football reference, I waited far too long to do anything with magic, performing magic. I was stuck in what's called the bedroom magician phase. And bedroom magician sounds like a cheesy chat-up line, but it's not. And it's not because it never worked for me. Bedroom magicians are people who buy magic, they like magic, they practice it, but they don't really perform it. They may show their friends or family the odd trick, but they're not performers in any definition of the word. And that's okay. 
If your hobby is buying and learning magic, it's fine. But if you want to be a performer, to actually get out there and work those big gigs like the local harvester, being a bedroom magician is a dangerous trap to fall into. And I fell into that. The more I settled in as being a bedroom magician, the more pressure and nerves I felt about actually performing for people. It was a really vicious circle. So for me, excuses were really easy to come by not to perform for people. I'd say things like, oh, I, I don't have any cards on me. Or somebody asked to see a card trick, I'd say, oh, my, my, my giraffe's on fire. C- can we do this later? Or my favourite one was, ich kann keine English sprechen. Then I'd just fall on the floor and dribble until they walked away. Basically, I'd reached the point where, in my mind, because I'd practised so much, I'd elevated myself to being a great magician without actually having made the physical journey. So if I ever did perform, the pressure for delivering was far massively different than where I actually was. The pressure was too great, so I didn't. Eventually, though, I did have a go, and I sucked. (laughs) I wasn't as good as I thought I would be. I tried again, I sucked a little bit less, then less and less and less until now. You know, I've reached the lofty heights of barely average. And that's my mum's opinion. A few years ago, though, um, I was aware of this because I wanted to have a go at stand-up comedy. And I immediately thought about magic. My main concern about doing stand-up comedy was I didn't want to become a bedroom comedian. Being laughed at in the bedroom, not a good way to go. So I didn't want to become a bedroom comedian like I did when I was a magician. So I immediately took action. I, I booked a gig in two weeks' time and also found a comedy course that would force me to write and perform new material every single week. I wasn't going to give myself time for any excuses. And it was the best thing I ever did. At my first comedy gig, two weeks' time, I was okay. Not great, not terrible, just, you know, okay. I was still nervous, but certainly nothing worth carrying in a bedroom for, thinking about writing, re-editing an app for, like, years before eventually going out and trying it. Certainly wasn't worth that. So I have this difference. The difference between my journey in magic and comedy was years but the results were the same. When I actually got out and did it, I was okay. My journey only really started when I got out and there and did it. I learned far more via experience and failing than by any other method. No forums, no talking, that kind of thing. So one of my biggest regrets will always be that I waited so long to perform magic tricks. So whatever it is you want to do, don't make the same mistake I did. Don't be a bedroom magician, bedroom footballer or bedroom fashion designer, anything like that. You have to fail at least once. More likely, you'll fail a truckload of times. The key thing, though, is to kind of learn from those failures and then go and fail again, but in a new, exciting and different way. You can't help but get better if you learn from your failures. You have to blemish that perfect record, though. You have to fail once. Once you've failed once, you have nothing to lose. So find something you've always wanted to do, identify a decent but scary first step, and then just go and fail your backside off. Often the bigger failure as well, the bigger the learning. So there's no excuse. So failure is not an option, it's the only option. (laughs) 
Hi, me again. Just wanted to say a big thank you for listening to the second episode of the podcast, Secret Life Hacks of Magic. I really appreciate it. If you do want to get in touch with any kind of advice, results, feedback, failures, pure evil hatred, whatever your fancy is, feel free to go for it. Um, probably the best place to get hold of me is on Twitter, at John Holt Magic. I will keep a link up to all the episodes of the podcast. I say all the episodes of the podcast. All the episodes. All two episodes of the podcast. All two of them can be found on an extensive list on my website at johnholtmagic.co.uk forward slash podcast. So feel free to go there. That will have a link to all of them. And uh, I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.